Bags down, spikes on. Welcome to the track. Hi, my name is Colin Waitsman, and I'm going to be your host for this episode of Track World News. And today we have a special guest joining us. So recently we started up a new competition within our Instagram for our Inside Lane members. If you're interested, reach out to me on Instagram. We can add you to the Inside Lane. And once a month, we're going to be having a co-hosted episode talking about everything that happened in track and field for this past week. And joining us, we have a former guest of the show uh, who's coming on back now, USC commit for the sprints, Justin Braun. Uh, Justin, thanks for joining, man. Uh, thanks for having me back. No problem. No problem. And so, uh, like we said, since your last time here on the show, you've now officially committed to USC for, for sprinting. Could you kind of take us into you making that decision, you know, why you wanted to go out to the West coast? Um, I think when it comes down to it, like the core reason I want to go there is definitely the coaching staff. Um, I felt a really big connection with, uh, coach Quincy Watts, who's the head coach there. And a lot of the other assistant coaches, like, for example, Carmelita Jeter, um, she's a great addition to have on. Um, she's been there. She's done it. She's done everything. So and just talking to her, I'm really excited to be a part of this. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a, a great staff there. I know you have a few, I think a few friends that are there as well. I know a former guest of the show also, Gavin, uh, he's a, a freshman there at USC. So you're going to have a couple familiar faces and it looks like the team is definitely going to be be strong this year. Um, it should, they should be pretty exciting to watch. Yeah, definitely. We have like three of the other top recruits in the country coming with me. Um, it was definitely kind of group movement between us. Like we're all kind of like, how you feeling about it? And I feel like once one of us popped again, I was like, all right, well, let's just do it. And I'm, we're all really excited to go into this. We all have big plans. I think we're going to make a huge impact on the NCAA together. Awesome. Definitely excited to see how you guys are going to be coming together in 2023 for sure. And so uh, today uh, we have a few topics that we're going to be talking about and discussing. First one, Solid broke last week, an FBI investigation on some doping scandals that are going on. Going to talk about what that means for our sport, uh, bringing up some top tier high school athletes that competed. A lot of great performances last week that that Justin saw and wants to bring to us, as well as a few other keynote things we saw in the NCAA with uh, Georgia, as well as Texas Tech and Oregon. So we're going to be breaking down all of that in this episode. And so now, we, we just recently saw on Monday with uh, an investigation that broke a little while ago of Blessing Okabare, sprinter out of Nigeria, who was banned for, for doping. It just showed that they had the first arrest for that guy by the name of, uh, what was his name? Lena? Colin, what was it? Or Eric Lena? Eric Lira? And yeah, I think yeah, Colin, yeah, 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 yeah. Just got uh, first arrest, like... We, we haven't, I don't think we've seen like an actual arrest when it comes to like, you know, doping. And it, I, I we usually just think of it as, you know, you broke a rule in a sport, not like you actually broke a law. I mean, this seems kind of crazy to me. What do you think, man? Well, because now it's different because it's an actual offense you can get in trouble for. You can see with the FBI getting involved. Um, and I was listening to a little bit about it. I think they're kind of going after like the top people in the sport. Um, so it's such a big deal with someone like Blessing she's one of the fastest going into the Olympic games. And then 
she's just out of that competition. So I just think it's very different now with it being an actual crime. And I think they're just trying to divert people away from it. It's like originally it was, you can just kind of do it with not a ton of huge consequences as a supplier, but now it's like, you can get in trouble for this stuff. Yeah. It's not just a, you know, you get a, a ban from the sport for a little bit and then you're, you're back. It's like, you can see some jail time. So it's like, you gotta be, you might not want to just be dealing with, with anything there. I mean, for those that don't know of, of the original story and what happened. So we got some more insight on this uh, where there was text messages or, or WhatsApp messages between blessing and, yeah. and this, and this guy, I mean, it doesn't get much more, you know, straight to the point. I mean, she even said, Hey, whatever you gave me worked great. Cause I just ran a 1063. I mean, <laughs> if that's not damning, I don't know what is, man. Yeah. There was one text where, which it brings up a whole lot of other issues. Um, she was asking him about, um, she said, I, I just took X, whatever, X amount of whatever. And he was like, you should be fine for the test. Um, it's, you didn't take enough for it to show up. And I think the following test was, hey, I just I said I wasn't going to take it or she just didn't take it, which brings up that issue with the Christian Coleman because he didn't appear for any of his tests. And it's just a whole lot. Of, there's a whole lot of issues in that realm, I think. Yeah, that that's showing up the you know, the, the whereabouts of being an issue because it, it, it just clearly, like you said, stated right there. She was like, hey, I took this you know, substance, which I think she was taking EPO or, or HGH, something like that, you know, one of the clear sub band substances. And it's like, yeah, I'll just miss the test and it'll just be a whereabouts issue. And so it, it goes to show that, yeah, it, they may not test positive for these substances. That doesn't mean that something, you know, it fishy isn't going on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So hopefully we can you know, get some light shedded on this. I mean, we saw that there's also another athlete potentially involved uh, yep. in athlete two. They haven't announced who it is yet. Um, it's, it's, I'm sure we're probably going to be getting some light shed on shortly, but this is never really good for the sport when, I mean, drugs, drug doping and everything like that. It, it goes to hand in hand with track and field, unfortunately, like a lot of people just think of that. And so it sucks to see that, you know, one of the fastest people in the world is, you know, put in into the same category. Yeah, and it's the larger issue when you get to like the Olympic Games. And this is somewhere where people are putting their money into with sponsorships. They're trying to get these athletes there. And then you find out that they're cheating at the like largest sporting event in, in the world every four years. And that's just a larger issue at that point, too. Yeah, because like, I mean, it's taking money out of other people's, you know, accounts that that could have been there. I mean, she even raced in the prelims of the 100. And so like yep. there and she made it to the Olympics. I mean, imagine the the athlete that could have po possibly made the Olympic team that, you know, it's from Nigeria or the athlete that could have made it to the semis that no longer was able to go. I mean, they're missing out on on sponsorships or, or a paycheck because of something that someone else did that is never going to be able to be corrected again. Yeah, it's not a good look on her for that reason, man. It's just morally, I, I don't think I could ever do that. Just taking another person's spot that's that could be doing that. And it's just, I don't think it's cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm hoping that with these new 
laws, it's going to make it become less of an issue because it's already too, too big of one right now. Uh, you know, if there's even one or two people doing it, it's too much. So hopefully it'll be, we'll see the end of that. And like we said, the investigation is ongoing. So we'll see if I, if either blessing or this guy, Eric, or anyone else comes forward with who other potential athletes might be, um, to kind of shed light on, on what's going on, but yeah, not a, not a good look at all. Um, yeah. Justin, so you had the some insight on track going on in high school. You had some awesome performances. Well, I think you're at Virginia Beach because you kind of touch on you know some stellar performances we saw coming out of uh, the high school uh, high schoolers this week. Um, a couple of the highlights I got to witness personally. Um, one of the bigger races from the weekend I think was probably Shanti Jackson's 300. Um, which is number two, and it is 0.13 seconds slower than Sydney McLaughlin's national record, which she was on pace to do amazing things in high school. So that just shows where this junior is headed and her trajectory. Um, the 60 meter, which I was a part of, was just stacked. Um, going into it, I don't think there was a clear winner, and it was just anyone could have taken that race from Nick Harbor, who's a fantastic football player as well. Um, Terrell, um, Trevin Moyer, it was just a stacked field. It was anyone's race that day. So, and then as well, more on the distance side, I saw Reinhardt Harrison put out like the number time, number two time ever in the one K and it was like his first indoor race ever, which is crazy. Um, and as long as with the, with the girls, Roisin Williams and Sophia Gororian, I'm not sure how to say her last name. They put out a really fast time in the 1K, which I didn't get to witness, which is one of the races I did want to see. So I was kind of upset about, but it's whatever. Yeah. I mean, and these are all, it's, it's interesting now because for many people listening, it's like, oh, they're, you may not be familiar with who these athletes are right now in high school, but these are going to be those people, you know, in when they're seniors or in college or professionals that are going to be shattering records. And so for, for you, while you're, I mean, you're a part of that, you're in these races, what's it like seeing these other top tier athletes running as well? Like knowing like, Hey, we might be on the starting line next to each other for the next, you know, four or five or 10 years now, if, if things go well. Yeah, it really, it really shows because this, like, I could be lining up with, like, what, the next Noah Lyles or something. Um, I think that's really cool. We're kind of writing our own legacy because um, you can think back to a couple of years ago, what, Brian Heron's 300 against Tyrese Cooper. Like, these are races we talk about to this day that happened, I don't know, maybe four, three, four years ago. It's like, it's something so minuscule is, like, so changing in our sport which is really cool and these are like the future stars lining up next to each other and it's just it's it's cool to see because you get to watch that you have the experience to watch that and I'm being able to in person be able to see his athletes develop and as a fan of the sport I think that's really cool yeah I mean if you're ever in the same breath as Sydney McLaughlin when it comes to records uh you're in a really good spot there too so I mean and coming up we've got a couple USA championships and, and even potential, you know, outdoor world teams. I mean, for, from your perspective, do you, do you see any people that are current high schoolers that could, 
be making an impact and challenging for a potential, you know, USA title or, you know, being at least on the, the podium there, you know, come indoors or, or even outdoors? Um, the two girls I mentioned in the 1K were qualifiers in the 800 as well at the Olympic trials at Hayward. Um, so, I mean, assuming they do, do ugh, assuming they do what they do, then they should be there. Um, I believe Roisin actually made it past the first round. So she's definitely someone to look out for. Um, on the sprint side, I mean, Jalen last year was the largest name. And with a lot of sprinting, you just have to wait till outdoor because that's when a lot of people's progressions come in. Um, a lot of the states are colder, like Ohio. I can't really train outdoor more than once a week if I'm lucky. Um, so a lot of development will happen in that area. So I think it's just too early to call, especially with it being January. Yeah, and sprinting is just – it's crazy right now, especially on the men's side with how much how deep the talent is. I mean – there's probably you can make the the argument for at least 12 different people that could could make could make a team on the yep. men's side so it's it's crazy is it is it like that deep uh as well on for the for the high schoolers um or is that primarily more just on the the pros it is it's been deep since i was a freshman <laughs> it, it's been seriously crazy i mean with that arion was still in high school or running high school track um, Jalen, who I just mentioned, was still running um, along with all these other guys. And it's not just one guy you have to look out for in the class of 22. It's like if you're looking at a 10-2 runner, there's two, three guys that can do that any day of the week. And so it's just it's depth all around from distance to sprints. There's even some crazy guys in the throws. So <laughs> um, it's just it's all around a very solid class. Um, you could probably make an argument that we're comparable to 2017 or 2016 class, but with Michael Norman, Noah Lyles and all of them, but I mean, we'll just have to see how it all plays out. I think. Yeah. We'll, we'll find out in a, a few years once you guys are, are in college, how that's all going. And for you, uh, mile split releasing athlete performances of the week, you got your name on there. Uh, so if you go on to mile split, Throw out a vote for Justin for what was it the sixty or was it your two hundred that uh, they they put you in for or both? Um, they put me in for the sixty, the two hundred, and the three hundred for that performance over the weekend. Nice. How how are you feeling about your your performances this past week? Um, the times aren't what I was looking for going into it. Um, but with that, I'm happy because it's going to show the hot or show my flaws and what I need to work on. Definitely the 60. Um, I was talking to you a little bit before the show. Uh, my reaction time was god awful. Um, <laughs> so it just shows I need a little more work in the blocks. I was feeling pretty confident going into the weekend with them, but it just shows there's more to do. For um, sure. And I think there's just a lot of aspects of my running that I'm really not used to I'm a lot faster than I was a year ago I'm a lot stronger than I was and it, it it's really weird being in a race right now especially that 200 300 and I know it's if I was putting a 400 right now it might not be so pretty <laughs> <laughs> yeah it might be uh might be a little bit slower no but hey early on in the season you guys got plenty of uh plenty of track left so to be matching, uh, matching a race you did, what a PR from last week, uh, not bad, or before the last meet, not bad at all. Um, 
talking about the 60, we had some crazy 60 meter times that came out this past weekend. The first one, probably the more controversial one, I would say, uh, coming out of Texas Tech, we saw Terrence Jones run a 6.4560. The big thing was people say that he might have jumped the gun a little bit. Uh, when I'm sure you've gone back and, and watched the tape, uh, I know you're what, – what, what kind of thoughts do you have on the, the race? Because, I mean, 6-4-5, even if you do go a little early, still no joke. It's no joke. It shows he's still moving really quick, but, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think you, you got to watch that a couple times to be sure. It's definitely on – it's on the line for – you might have gone a little earlier, but I don't know. I wasn't there. Yeah, so it was it was close. It was either because they they're all showing the slow motion of the video, and it's just, they're just comparing you to the other athletes, but you can't hear like the gun go off. Yeah, and so it's like, yeah, it looks early compared to these other athletes, but what if they're all just late and he goes when the gun goes? And so it's like mm-hmm. you can't you can't challenge him when you know if he's just doing his job and doing it right. But he's running a 6.45, and uh, that's adjusted to a 6.47 because of altitude. We also saw Michael Williams go 6.48, set a new PR, national champion last year. I mean, what? can you break down his race? Did, were you able to watch him, him run? I actually did watch it a decent bit. Um, I think what seriously set him apart in that race specifically was his first step. It was just so much more fluid and powerful than the rest of the fields. Um, in a 60 meter, what you'll typically see is everyone kind of gets out at a relative, like the same point, because to 10 meters, everyone's, it's just less distance. So everyone's going to come through at a closer time, but he just pulled and pulled and pulled. And it was just, it was a beautiful race. His transition was really smooth. Um, I think going forward, it's definitely that last 30 meters. Uh, he's gonna have to go ooh, he's gonna have to work on a little bit I think there's a little bit of power that I think could be there which we were seeing towards outdoor with his 991 because um, his back end was looking very very well compared to some of his earlier races in the season so I think with a couple weeks he's probably gonna put something out more impressive than that <laughs> yeah I mean to go into this I mean Running sub six, five this early in the season is almost unheard of. I think there's only been five or six like sub six, five races that have ever happened in the month of January. So to have two of them come from college kids, I think what I think Jones is a sophomore. Is that right? Are they he both sophomores? Was, he, Jones was a red shirt freshman. Okay. Um, so he's technically a freshman, but Micah is a sophomore now. Yeah. So two young guys are both probably what, 19, 20 years old running <laughs> yeah. sub six fives. Uh, I mean, that's challenging uh, what Coleman and Bromel and all of them are racing the world leading times. I mean, what that that's, that's gotta be super impressive and looking forward to seeing how the rest of their year is going to be going. I mean, what, what do we think we can get the NCAA down to for the 60? What do you think it's going to take to win uh, a championship uh, for the 60 meter? Um, for one, we're going to have to see Jones run again, I'd say, um, for him, I, I, it was real close. I just have to see him run again, but I think if Micah, like the power thing I just said, I think that last 30 meters, I think needs a little bit of work. Not that it looked bad, but I just think there's 
a lot of progression that can happen. I think he dips at least six four four. Ooh. I think he'll challenge the record. Six four four. Yeah, I, what, I really liked what I stole. What was the the collegiate record again? Do you know? Six four five. Six four five, and that was was that yeah. Coleman? I can't remember. I'm not sure to be honest. Yeah. Well, either way, I mean, crazy fast. Uh, excited to see where how those guys are going to end up running. Uh, you know, just opening up your season with PRs. Uh, excellent. Then talking about opening up seasons with PRs, we saw the the Swiss Army knife Matthew Bowling running uh, <laughs> running a world leading time of twenty point four nine in the two hundred. Then doubling that up with a, a PR and another world leading jump for long jump with a jump of eight point two five. Uh, I'm the highlight of his jump was circulating all over Instagram. I mean, just crazy to see this guy being able to do so well on the sprints as well as the, the jumping aspects of things right now. Yeah. Um, I, he was actually, when I was taking my visits, he was my host when I visited the university of Georgia. Um, he expressed, he was very, very excited that Kara was there. Um, I, know that coach very well she was recruiting me really heavily at usc and when she was at georgia but her thing like her number one thing that she does is she knows how to get people to run faster the right time her periodization is she's one of the best to do it so this is not the last time you're going to hear about matthew this season um i can tell you his drive is there he's real excited um this is it's only up for him for this season i'm really excited for him yeah, I mean, my favorite thing last year was the little rivalry between him and Terrence Laird. It was like, whenever you heard about Terrence, you're looking at Matthew Bowling, especially from the indoor nationals uh, that they had for the 200 last year where they were, it was like a dive at the line. I mean, who do you think is going to be pushing uh, him the most in the 200 this year? Or what could be that head-to-head matchup that we're really looking forward to this season? Um, in the NCAA, Joseph Fabule, um, he's another name, the outdoor champion. Um, definitely to challenge Matthew, it's going to be the front end of his race. And he knows that he doesn't get out. Well, not to say that he's not powerful, but it's his first 50, 60 meters. He's going to have to challenge Matthew in that aspect. And I think he knows that. I think that's what he's working on, but it should be a fun race to watch. Kind of like that clash. Matthew's kind of like, he'll press the whole time. And then Joseph, he'll run you down late like it's no one's business placing what didn't he get fifth in the olympics yeah um something like a that great yeah. effort by him um i think that's probably going to be one of his larger competitors um and who knows maybe we'll see micah hopman it'll it's crazy to see what a year will do to an athlete yeah and i know we, we also have sean maswangane as well who's who's running crazy times too i mean we'll see if he you know he was he made the olympics in what both the one and the two i'm pretty sure was that was that right yeah so yeah i mean there's the ncaa just breeding some crazy talent in the 200 um and i mean his own teammate elijah godwin who i think he, he was a top eight time you know this yep. this past week so there's the 200 that that's going to be my most looked after race this year. I think it's, there's just so much talent in the 200 um, for NCAAs. Like, I think it's going to take a craze. It might, we might, you might have to go 20.09 to, to be able to win NCAAs this year for indoors. I mean, it took 21, yeah, I, it took 21, uh, nine yeah. indoors last year. 
it's probably going to go 20 point to win it this time. Yeah, I would say. I think the or I think the record might be in challenge. To be honest, really, you think it's yeah. we, we we could go down? I think I think it could go down. It's who has that from Houston? Who has that? Um, was that Elijah Hall? That's Elijah Hall. Yeah, a couple so of years back. If we see someone go sub twenty, oh man, that that would be. I mean, the the competition's going to be there in that finals. Definitely, I think it's just. It's going to be fast this year. Yeah. From the 60 to the two, it's the short sprints are going to be nice. And is it in, is the NCAA, is that in Albuquerque, New Mexico? I have no idea. Okay. I'm not sure. Cause I think it might be, if it is, I might be wrong, but if it is, that's at altitude as well. So if we're yeah. racing at altitude and you got that crazy good final, I mean, man, that's, that's just kind of, you know, leading up to being what could be, yeah, like a record setting race that we could see this year. Yep. There's yep. a lot of changes in the NCAA, so it's going to make stuff really interesting this year. Now, I know, obviously, you got some bias. You're, you're going over to USC <laughs> next year, but if you could – so we'll take USC out of it. So you can't mention them, so <laughs> we're not going to you, – you can't get in trouble there. You're not allowed okay. to mention them. Who would you say is your, your favorites going into this year for the men and the women? Remember, no USC for either of them, so we're, we're just going to cut them out. Um, you put it out the other day, but I serious, I think it could be Georgia. Um, people are kind of sleeping on that talent they have there. Um, especially with the Carroll change or a coach I have a ton of respect for. Um, I think they, I think, I think they're going to get enough points. I think they're going to challenge a lot of the major schools. Um, and that's just going to be something nice from them, but it's just going to, they're going to have to execute. Because I don't think they have a lot of the star power they once had. Like LSU, like you were talking about, they had a ton of guys last year. So it made it really easy for them to kind of spread them out. Everyone just kind of do their thing. But it's going to take execution from each one of those guys to get out of championship like that. Mm-hmm. And what about on the women's side who you think might, uh, might be able to take it outside of USC? Outside of USC, um, LSU is looking really good really early, um, as is Florida. So with that being said, early, my early take is Florida girls. Yeah, I think they've got just the depth that they have is insane. Like they have a potential to score like 70 points in indoors, which is unheard yeah. of. I mean, Arkansas also, I mean, they, they won a national championship without having anyone actually win a national championship last year. Yeah. They, just, they just have the most insane depth year after year, but it's going to be a good year for, for track. I think college stuff is looking to be really exciting. What's your, what race are you most looking forward to this season? Hmm. Um, for indoor, definitely the 60, but I think, for outdoor, the four by four is going to be really something. Um, with a couple of the LSU guys returning, and I mean, Florida always has something. I know, I, I think I heard they got a couple uh, Juco transfers. So, I mean, that with NCAT, I feel like they're going to have something to pop out. But I think the four by four is definitely going to be something to watch. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you brought you brought it up just there, North Carolina A and T. I mean, they're they're pretty much like the the surprise of last year for one of the top teams. And I mean, 
as of yesterday, I guess well, we're recording it today, but recording it <laughs> on Monday, but yesterday came out with the power rankings for, uh, North, for track and field and North Carolina right now has the most amount of points projected for, I know it's early on in the season, but I mean, they're the first, they're the first non power five team to ever be number one in the rankings. So, I mean, they're, they've got some real good depth, especially on the sprint side, that they could surprise a lot of people this year, um, especially with like Randolph Ross um, and a whole bunch of other guys in, in the sprints, as well as I think some jumps as well that they, they've got going on. I mean, going back to like racing against these guys while they're young, um, I actually had a chance to race Randolph when I was a freshman. And so like it's cool to see these guys that I'm lining up with are literally like they're Olympic medalists. So it's really cool to see that guy develop and kind of watch his journey. Yeah. How did and, that race oh, go? Sorry. Um, <laughs> I, I was a freshman, so I was yeah. really happy with it. I walked with six that day. So I was, I was just really happy. I got my all American because we were at uh, new balance nationals that year. Something a lot of people don't know about him. He's actually, he was a seven foot high jumper in high school. Jeez. That guy, he, he could pick, be battling against uh, Javon Harrison if you if you wanted to do it <laughs> doing the 400 and high no jump double. He was no joke. That's that's crazy. Yeah, it's sim- similar to uh, what's his name like Grant Holloway. I mean, yeah, he won nationals in the pentathlon uh, in high school. Something else people don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. like he was a he was a pretty good jumper as well. Yeah, great, really mm-hmm. good high jumper. Um, obviously, good hurdler. Um, and as well as like a four-star recruit in football. I mean, <laughs> this, this guy was, yeah. uh, I feel like he was supposed to run the, or do the decathlon in a, another life. I mean, I, I bet you, if he decided to do that, we could probably see like a world record go down. That dude's just dumb. <laughs> the question for a lot of these like stronger guys is definitely that 1500 in decathlon. Yeah. The 15 is going to be tough. Uh, that, that, just, that's, that's the truth teller. <laughs> yeah, I, I just squirm thinking about running running the 15. But um, awesome. Justin, thank you for joining us today, breaking down this past week for track and field. Uh, first episode of many that we'll, we'll be doing this. Um, but yeah, any last things to, to close us out? Um, off the top of my head, thanks for having me. It's always a blast coming on here. No problem, man. Well, thank you. Where can people go if they wanted to, to follow up with you on social media or anything like that? Um, I'm most active on Instagram at Justin X Braun. Um, I think my Twitter's the same thing. So give me a follow. <laughs> cool. There we go. Well, thank you. And thank you to everyone for listening. Been another episode of track world news. If you want more content, go and follow us on Instagram at track world news. We post a whole bunch of different content. And if you want to join us on an episode, just like Justin did today, go and request to be part of our inside lane. Uh, you'll have access to a whole bunch of insider scoops and things like that. But my name's Colin. Have a good one. Peace. Oh, you know, man, oh, you know, man, oh, you know, man.